The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. My name is Ray, and in the studio, I have Ellen. Hi, Ellen. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. And the name of our show is Miracles in Recovery. The reason why it was, it was kind of, it didn't really take us long to figure that out. Ellen and I were doing a, another show, and we ultimately started doing this one, uh, and we were out in beautiful Las Vegas at midnight on Fridays <laughs> on the Strip, and... Um, one of the things that we needed to do is we need to come up with a name for our show, for our being. And it was very simple. It was Miracles in Recovery because we are Miracles in Recovery, you know. And, and everyone and anyone who strives to get one-day abstinence or, or one day away from the negative beings, trailings, whatever, everything out in the world there that's dragging us towards the negative, if you choose to walk one step away from it, you're walking in the right direction and you're walking towards the miracle of recovery. So that's why we called the show Miracles in Recovery. It was very easy. It didn't It didn't really take too long to figure it out and I'll pat myself on the back for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, because, you should. Because that's what I do. I'm an addict and, and I let my ego get in the way. So... We have on the show tonight, we have Catherine Townsend Lyon, who just kind of opened up a creepy door. Um, and it. <laughs> that's a, <laughs> sound effects tonight. That's okay. We have sound I didn't effects. I didn't that at all. Yeah. It was, I was like, uh, well, anyway. Catherine is the author of the book, Addicted to Dimes, Confessions of a Liar and a Cheat. So with the title, Addicted Addicted to Dimes, you can almost figure out that she's what? A gambler, right? So welcome to the show, Catherine. How are you tonight? I'm so, so very honored to be here. Thank you, Ray. And hi, Ellen. Hello. We're very glad that you're here. This is going to be a very interesting show tonight, I think, because you're going to be talking about things that maybe people don't understand, realize that are going on. Um, this whole topic is one that I think deserves attention, and we're really glad that you can be here to talk to us about it tonight. Well, I really appreciate the invite, and hopefully I can, you know, help people understand a little bit more about this addiction and, you know, maybe bust some of those myths and misconceptions about it as well. You know, it's I when I was a kid, I I watched a special on PBS and it was about it was about addiction, but it was more about like heroin addiction and all of the all of the drugs. I mean, I know that I know that gambling, you know, is is 
like a drug oriented because it, because you get euphoric, but um, about all the all the physical um, ingested drugs, and they did they did show that they did a study on gamblers, and they put this gentleman they put like seven or eight guys in a room, and they gave them a TV with horse horse racing or or dog racing or something like that, mm-hmm, yeah, and and they they wired them all up. And it was funny because while the race was going on, their their body functions were getting to the limit of, of um, you know, intensity. And after the race, as soon immediately when the race concluded, all of their symptoms went down again and slowly started rising, until they called on the telephone and made a bet. And then it went back down again until the dogs or horses were getting into their into their stalls to run. It started going again. So I, I always I always had like a um, an understanding that a that a gambling addict has the same internal um, things going on that I did as a physical heroin addict. Mm-hmm. But I could never. I it it, it just kind of blew my mind that I knew I couldn't. I knew I had to ingest something, whereas all they needed to do was use a telephone to get the go. same yeah. euphoric or result. Or sit behind a machine, right. or uh, right. sit at a card table, a or yeah. it, it's exactly, that's exactly right. And one of the the hard things that people don't realize is, and they can't wrap their mind around it, is gamblers, you know, people who are addicted to gambling and are in full-blown deep addiction we're doing that. We're manipulating all that with the chemicals, our brain chemicals, our body chemicals. We don't have to take a pill or put a needle in our arm right. or drink a liquid. And people don't understand. They can't. And they don't want to accept that we get the same euphoric high. We get that high mania. That um, probably the three most common. Um, health problems that gamblers end up with is heart disease, hypertension, and high blood pressure, mm-hmm. and diabetes. And so, and all of that is because of that constant on your heart. You know, you're you're high, you're down, you're high, you're down. Um, we also go through the same detox and withdrawal as a drug addict and alcoholic. We get the shakes. We get. All the same symptoms, you know, uh, nausea, throwing up, uh, yeah, so there's, um, it's really, it's actually, that's why I call it a very deadly disease, because um, it, it, it's, killing, it's killing people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked earlier, um, currently, um, a gambling addiction is the number one addiction that's claiming lives by suicide right now, and that's over and above overdoses of drugs. Alcohol, uh, alcoholics, um, yeah. So it is a very dangerous addiction. Um, I believe that you get to such a dark place and so hopeless. And it's not just what you're putting your physical health and body through, like with chemicals or, you know, mind-altering and mood-altering, um, you know, drugs and, and, and liquid. It's you're, you're that constant, I, for instance, when I, mine was, mine was the slots. I mean, I was, 
I'm obsessive compulsive, so I want to put my money in and I want my money now. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. sit behind a card table and take my time and wait. I don't want to bet on a horse or a dog. I want to put my money in and get it right now. <laughs> so, but with, with that, the obsession continues. That constant mania is going on because the devastation that we're, we're causing within our lives, you know, relationships, our, our, uh, our financial situation and that, our mind is racing 24-7. That's why you have a lot of people who have, uh, end up with like, like bipolar insomnia problems constantly. I did. Um, I also had to take medication because of my reward and my pleasure and reward portion of my brain was pretty much gone. It was done. And, and that when, when I ended up uh, com- trying to commit suicide and in a hospital and then in a crisis center. So it is a very deadly, dangerous addiction, and it's growing uh, due to, you know, the expansion of all state lotteries offerings and, um, right, right, you know, right, constant right. Indian casinos being expanded everywhere. So let me, so let me ask you a question. With, with the, the focus on gambling this evening, um, mm-hmm. I know how to, if I need to go to a meeting and I'm in a foreign city or even down the street, I know how to be able to find what I need. Mm-hmm. How do gamblers, like, can you share that with people who may be out there listening and don't know that yeah. there is these, there are these options? Well, that is another, uh, that's another problem that we face right now. And I, you know, just like with uh, funding for drug and alcohol, you know, you have the whole healthcare debate, but going on and you know of course the first things that get cut are you know treatment options mental health um you know that type of thing um what i did was um since you know part of my problem was um where i came from i'm in arizona now but where i came from was southern oregon and they had the video poker and then they added slot style games to the video poker machines and they were everywhere and so all I had to do is walk across the street to a, a bar or a tavern, and I could go in and gamble at any time. So right. having that constant access is, is uh, how I, I became addicted. And, of course, I was driving to the Indian casinos as well. But, um, you know, it got to the point where I was doing it three, four times a day. You know, towards the end, of course, you're chasing your losses. And But um, what I did was when I went into treatment for my personal self, and this is one of the reasons why I do like to share and, uh, my story in that I feel the personal experience and how people, you know, can find recovery and, and that is just as important as being educated and the clinical side and the treatment side, um, you know, um, but... I did Gamblers Anonymous was basically for my support. Gamblers is Anonymous that, is that pretty is, like, is that pretty prevalent out there? Is that like has that come um, you know, leaps and we're, bounds? We're, or? It's it's growing. It, of course, it's you know we don't have uh, the same offerings as like AA and NA does because they've been around longer. Um, but it's it's getting better. Um, you're better in your bigger metropolitan cities. You can find, um, you know, meetings pretty much everywhere. Yeah, you just go to gamblersanonymous.org, and you, it, it pinpoints, you put your state in, and then they ask what area you're in, and they'll list all the meetings um, of where they are. And, and Gamblers Anonymous is international. 
So if you're in the UK, uh, the last radio show I did, they, I had calls from Ireland, Scotland, and they also have uh, Gamblers Anonymous. Um, I, to be honest, I can't remember. There is another one that's similar to GA, but I can't remember what the name of it is over in the UK and Scotland because they have the problems with those F, is it FBOs? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. the machines, the odds machines. Yeah. So, um, and just to yeah. just to share with just to share with you a little bit, um, we are an international show as well. We have a lot of Irish uh, people listening in Ireland, people listening in mm-hmm. England, um, people listening in places that you would never like <laughs> Indonesia. Who right, would think right. that somebody would be mm-hmm. listening in Indonesia? But uh, ultimately, you know, we're, we're heard internationally as well. So you may have somebody reach out to you and say they heard you on the show from Zimbabwe. Right. Well, well, I'll tell you what, I'll look I'm, it up and find t- something for them. Um, uh, I know I have a lot of friends, contacts that have been, of course, and I've been ten and a half years in now into my recovery, which is a miracle, because um, I remember how I felt ten, ten and a half years ago that I would think I'd never be able to stop, ever. You can't see the future. You just can't see it when you're that uh, down, you know, um, but my, I will tell you my favorite person, um, that knows he can find someone help in any country and throughout the United States. I call him the grandfather of, of, uh, recovery from gambling addiction, Arnie Wexler. You probably have heard his name around. Um, yep. he's been, yeah, Arnie, uh, Arnie, uh, uh Wexler and Associates, you, you pop them in Google and you call, you reach out to Arnie too. He'll find he'll find someone help anywhere they are. Yes. Well, now let me ask you if if you if there is not a meeting that someone can go to, would mm-hmm. an AA meeting or an NA meeting be okay? Yeah, yeah I that's what I did actually. Um, my girlfriend and I both started recovery. She was an alcoholic, and I was uh, gambling. Um, I did have alcohol abuse towards the end of my addiction. Like I say, it makes you even more dumb with money. And so I went to AA meetings with her so I could get uh, an idea of what the format was going to be and be comfortable. And then when I was went into inpatient treatment, um, not voluntarily, um, via the hospital, I they they uh, recommend that we go and unfortunately unfor- uh, the meetings were right across the parking lot <laughs> so i started going to G- uh, ga and um yeah and so um meetings you know my personal recovery actually took way more than just meetings i had i did anything i could get my hands on i went to um uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Saddleback Church, uh, Rick uh, yes. Warren. Um, yes. They have ce- celebrate um, recovery in many churches throughout, you know, the United States. I believe it's also abroad. Uh, I did that for two years. Um, I basically did anything I could, you know. After I came out of um, inpatient treatment, I stayed in outpatient treatment. And I also worked with a specialist, as Ray will know. I call him my angel um, because I ended up with a second suicide attempt. But it was more from the financial stressors than it was back out gambling again. And so that lesson was I needed more work in my recovery for my financial inventory. 
Um, so I've learned a lot, a lot of um, lessons. <laughs> um, so, so let's let's talk let's talk real quick. You said like I would know. I guess everybody would know if they read your book, Addicted to Dimes. What are confessions of a liar and a cheat? I like to say that part of it because I know because I confess I confess all know, the time my, on myself. My publisher, we, um, he's so funny, Steve Liable. He's just a hoot. He came up with the um, Addicted to Dimes as of course reading the the manuscript. He kind of you know, um, but the confessions of a liar and a cheat was my part, um, because that's what gambling addiction turned me into. That's who I was. I lied, I cheated, I, you know, I did anything at that point when I was really, really bad into my addiction. I did anything. I stole money from my husband. I, of course, as Mm -hmm. you know, I had stole from someone and, you know, was arrested and, you know, all all the the not so good stuff. You know, and I I wanted to, let me me interrupt you here for a second. I wanted to, and nobody's going to know about this if they haven't read your book, but has Mm -hmm. that bridge ever been mended or like... Yes, it did. Um, as a matter of fact, when my book came out and before, just before we had to move here for my, my husband's work here in Arizona, um, mm-hmm. we're right outside Phoenix. And um, I was actually able to, because as you know, I, um, the judge that I actually had when I went through the, uh, the, the court process, I was able uh, to visit with him. Um, for an hour and gave him a, a signed copy of my book and probably was one of the proudest moments of my life to be able to, that man took an, an hour of his time and talked to me and, and everything and he told me straight out, he said, Catherine, I knew that when you were in front of me in my courtroom that I knew you were going to turn this around. And it still gives me, look, it still gives me goosebumps today. (laughs) You know, that was probably the proudest moment for me to give him that book and share with him, you know, um, some of the roots of why I turned to gambling addiction, uh, some of the things I had to overcome and process, heal, and, you know, learn to forgive and to make those amends. And unfortunately, I never was able to make uh, the amends with the woman that that happened with. She passed away. Oh, that's that's um, you know I don't I don't want to cut you off on that note, but we're getting close to needing to take a break. And I just wanted to say, phone lines are open. Eight, you can dial eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. That's eight six six. 472-5792. Let your voice be heard. Make a difference. Call up and ask Catherine a question. Um, And we will ultimately pick back up on the other side of the break with with the um, other piece to that story that I just had to cut you off with. We'll be back in a moment. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. 
Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually, as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to Miracles in Recovery. Please visit our Twitter page at 855-STOP-USING or our Facebook page, Miracles in Recovery. Also, send an email to Ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Let us know what topics you want to hear on upcoming shows. And like I said before break, phone lines are open. Dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We are talking with Catherine Townsend Lyon. She is the author of Addicted to Dimes, Confessions of a Liar and a Cheat. Catherine, real quick before to start this um, this off this segment off, can you give people Um, all of your little social media outlets and how people can purchase the book or how can they can look more into um, the book itself? Yes, um, the book is um, available on Amazon and Amazon Kindle. It's both in paperback and ebook. Um, It's also offered on Barnes & Noble. It is on walmart.com online and it's also in the book stand at in Recovery Magazine, and it's inrecovery.com. Okay, so um, are you in the process of doing anything else with with being an author, like writing a book? Are you are you assisting anyone? Are you what are you up to mm-hmm. now with? Mm-hmm, yeah, writing? I have one book project, um, actually two book projects. I am finishing my second book. Um, no title yet. Uh, it's going to be uh, to assist people on how to reach the first year in recovery. Um, and I try to write so that it's, it's, you know, for everyone. It's not just gambling addiction. And um, then, very exciting news, I am in the middle of writing a memoir with the former NFL pro, Vance Johnson. 
Oh, and nice. we are writing, co-writing his memoir um, and his story. And um, that is being both um, readers and, and writers, uh, fans of the Denver Broncos. They can follow along. I'm keeping uh, our journey uh, I'm blogging about that, and I actually have two different ones because my second passion is, of course, writing, and I also help authors learn how to promote their books throughout social where can media. They, where can they follow you? Where can they follow you on your blog? For recovery, I have resources and um, a, a fantastic relapse prevention guide that I have there as well. You can just Google recovery starts here. And um, on WordPress, it's on WordPress, it's um, um, Catherine Lyon, Addicted to Dimes, dot wordpress.com. That's for recovery. And for my writing and um, reading, it's called Cat Lyon's Writing and Reading Den. And that is also on WordPress. It's an author and writer in progress. Um, so let's so let's let's get back real quick to the to the gambling piece of why you wrote this book. Um, you know, I, I read a little bit about you know you ended up you found yourself down in the uh, in the casinos and and I was speaking to someone today actually. You know, just to just to share a little bit of my story, I, I worked out in Las Vegas for a little over a year. I I was uh, we were redoing a cellular phone system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was for actually it was for cellular one at the time, which is now ultimately AT and T. So we were replacing all of the antennas on all of the um, casinos and everything like that, so everybody's phones could work within this casino. We were beefing the system up, and I saw so much. Uh, despair. I saw families sitting oh. on a on the curb, you know, and dad just went in and blew their whole vacation in an hour. And you know, the the wife, I don't know what we're going to do. We have the kids, and it's just it's just a sad state of affairs. I mean, and and I totally understand that situation. I put my family in a completely different but same emotional stressful situation and i know that ellen has quite a few questions because um this is something completely different that isn't within her realm of of because she's she's the mother of addicts so it's kind of well, different I, but but it it is and it isn't because i have noticed that when my addict children are not using a lot of times they are doing scratch-offs to the point of losing their entire paychecks. They are going to the casinos and playing blackjack. So it's to me, it's almost as if the addiction transferred. You know, oh, I can't do drugs and get high, but you still need that feeling because you don't actually have the, the recovery part of it down. You can stop doing the drug, the drink, but... Uh, then maybe something else is going to take its place. So I'm I'm curious, can you talk to, to us a little bit about how did this get started for you? Because I'm sure you didn't just immediately dive into complete financial ruin and, and you know, feeling like you have to steal things from people to, you know, to keep doing it to make it up. How does it, how do you start? How does this get started? Well, mine started actually as escapism. Um, I come from a background of uh, sexual trauma and abuse. And um, a little, I guess you could say, over 
heavy-handed um, discipline, parental discipline. And, you know, you may have, say, four kids, but, you know, each one may be affected by something in their past that, you know, you hang on to. Um, that's kind of what happened to me. But, of course, I was suffering, um, which I'm duly di- diagnosed. I, I do uh, struggle with mental health. Um, and uh, trying to stay in recovery. So um, I was suffering for a long time with PTSD, um, uh, severe depression, and it's funny because people say, how could you be severely depressed, but yet you're gambling? Well, the gambling addiction is what brought my mental health to the forefront. And so when I, when I was in treatment, uh, my my private doctor and the psychiatrist found that that's what one of the problems but mine was I was never really a drinker um I was never really I never did drugs it was just not my thing but gambling fit the bill because I didn't have to get really oh uh I don't think so. Well, you don't have to get wasted to do that, I guess. But, I mean, what, did you, like, just walk into a casino one day? No, gambling addiction is a very slow, progressive illness. Um, What happened was when I started, you know, um, it was, you know, uh, innocently. I mean, I did take the one uh, once-a-year trip with my girlfriends to Reno or you know, been to Vegas for my 21st birthday, or I wasn't in a predisposition where uh, one of my parents were gamblers. It was none of that. It was, um, I was using it to to escape and cope with um, my past childhood coming back and haunting me and, and that, and I didn't know how to process it properly, and I didn't know that it was okay, you know, to get therapy and that, so slowly I just, as I started, you know, gambling a little bit more, and then when the lottery in Oregon introduced the machines, it was like, that was my candy. I mean, like everybody uses a drug, that was my candy. And it just slowly progressed to where I was spending more, spending more time, spending, um, you know, more money, um, and going more often. And I didn't really see the signs until I had really crossed into um, full-blown, you know, compulsive addicted gambling. So let me so let me ask you a question about that, right? Like with me, I know that because there was something physical. There was still, you know, I I had to chase a substance in order to get my um, my return. Mm-hmm. That were feeling you, of euphoria. Were, were how, you do you, at, how do you were get you at, that with gambling? Were you at a point where uh, like I spoke about with the people, like as like they grab a phone and make a bet, and all of a sudden, like when you pulled that handle down, what was the feeling? Was it that you needed more, or was it that you got that euphoric feeling until the numbers stopped rolling? No, it it really wasn't even um, for me. It wasn't even the euphoric feeling. You know, like the same rush, that first rush you get when you do your first high, and then we chase that. Well, gambling is the same way. You know, you get those feelings, but you're, you get sucked in a cycle to where um, you can't get out of it. So even if you want to stop, it, it's, it's, like, um, it, it's, it's like impossible until you learn those skills and tools to interrupt it. 
it's the, the constant triggers and the everything around you, like you said, in society, living in this society, you have stress and, you know, everything. And you get to the point where you start using negative habits and behaviors constantly to continue to do what you're doing. Even though you know the, there's consequences, negative consequences, you've lost that control. You've lost the control to... to uh, gamble normally, you've lost that. I did it to zone out and to just numb out. So it wasn't so much the rush for me or, or getting that euphoric, but then slowly as you get stuck and sucked into the cycle, then you start losing and losing and then you're out chasing. So oh, I so tell people it what doesn't is- matter... Oh, I'm sorry. Can you Go tell ahead. us what? No, it's okay. Can you tell us what the cycle is? Because I've heard you say the cycle a few right. times. Right. It's it's kind of like you know the same pie chart that everybody ever all the you know for treatment. It's like you know you have that kind of like that buildup. My buildup for me was knowing I was getting a paycheck. You know, mm-hmm. anytime I was getting money, um, it would start days ahead. I could feel that those exciting feelings of oh, I'm going to have money, so I'll be able to somehow squeeze some money out to go gamble or whatever, you get that buildup a few days prior. And then if you don't use the skills and tools before you go out, then, then you go to the point where something happens, like you get in an argument, you know, a trigger, or, you know, the urges for gambling addiction is constant. It's not like they come and go until you get some abstinence away. Um, it's, it's, it's all the time. But the triggers you know, to get on top of that and then get you out there can be anything, stress, an argument with a coworker, or your husband or whatever. And then, you know, it builds up to the point where you just can't take it anymore and you just go out. You have to go out and gamble and, and that. And um, sometimes it can be sporadic, like, or, you know, uh, spontaneous, or sometimes I would pre-plan it. You know, I would know that even though I know I, I shouldn't be gambling, I'm going to go do it. Then once you do it, then, you know, you have that downside of the shame, the guilt. Oh, I can't believe I did it. You know, and then you're, you're worried about how you're going to cover the money or whatever it is that you did. Well, then it gets you right back out there because then you've got to chase that, that money and win it back. You know right, I mean? right, right, right. Yeah, well, are you are you looking to win? Is that the whole purpose of doing it? You know, do you well, do you get I've, a special feeling when you win? Oh well, of course. Um, that um, you know, like a lot of the people I sponsor and I help, I tell them, I said, really, it, it doesn't matter whether you win or lose because e- e- either one's going to keep you gambling. If you win, and you're that you're in that mindset that you you know, hey, this is easy money or Wow, you know, it does give you that feeling, that wonderful feeling that you're, you know, and talk about ego, the men are the worst. <laughs> <Both being laughs> I can only imagine. About, oh, I win all the time, and I know, we know that's not true. And so, and then if you lose, you're back out anyway because you're chasing the money you lost. So it, it's like, if, it, it feels like you have, you're doomed. <laughs> you're, you, there's mm-hmm. no options. Because, you know, if you win, you think you're going to win all the time. If you lose, you're going to be out there chasing the money you lost. 
Right. You know, so, and, and yeah. what you, you know, what you, what you said about that, um, I remember, I, I've always held on to the fact that it's another man's game. In other words, I am playing someone's game and, and I don't have control of that whatsoever. I, I'm not, mm. I'm not happy with, uh, with I, I don't embrace like luck as as something I can spend my money on, because right. I needed I needed for me being being you know a, a, a heroin addict I needed that substance so every penny that I had had to go towards that so but I get I get exactly what you what you're saying you know about the build up and and all of that stuff just to share I was a commercial fisherman when I was a kid and we used to go out to sea for. 10 or so days mm. and ultimately when you went through the dike sick you knew you weren't coming back you did that was it so sick you're, you're dope sick uh. but so you could deal with it because you weren't coming home so yeah. physically it was something that you know you could deal with two three days you're feeling crappy you're not sleeping all of a sudden you get into the groove and the captain would say shake them out we're going home half the crew would get sick Really? Mm. Yep. So, so it's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of mental. Um, well, it's a mental triggering. The physical. yes, that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a mental yeah. trigger, just as much more. So, how do you deal today with those mental triggers? I don't put myself in heroin uh, dens today. So, pretty much, you know, quell that, quell that. But how do you deal yeah, with signs that say store. lottery uh, and all of that stuff? How Everywhere. do you how do you deal with that? Well, first off, I still um, stick to the policy that you don't tempt or test yourself. So I don't go into places that I know. Um, for instance, my 20-year um, graduation, high school graduation, I couldn't go because they had it at a big hotel casino resort. Right. So, you know, I, don't t- I, I, I believe in, you know, um, everything that I've learned and educated, and I use my tools and skills. Um, with gambling addiction, the more you stay away, the more, the more time and abstinence you have, those triggers, I try to tell people, they do, the, the urges and triggers, subside they go away like like anything else you know um what i do i just keep myself busy i have learned to and i really don't like saying i live life in recovery i maintain my recovery and i live a beautiful life um and what i do everything that i do every day whether it's recovery service to others uh writing public uh, you know articles for publications about gambling, um, how to recover. Anything I do it, every single day, I do one thing every day for my recovery. And um, I still journal. Um, I still read. Um, I, w- I just, you know, it's interesting because I wanted to learn more about the brain neuroscience the brain part of compulsive gambling. And, 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 sadly, and yeah. sadly, we have 30 seconds left okay. before we go to break. <laughs> so we can't talk about the neuroscience until the next segment. <laughs> so please um, but every stick day with I us. Do one, I do something for my, for my recovery every day, and that's what helps keep me in recovery. Awesome. Dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. If you have any questions or comments, we will be back in a moment.
opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you find yourself caring for people in multiple generations? Are you exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed? Instead of spending hours searching for resources and information, Dr. Merrill and her guests will provide you with practical, everyday information and solutions to help make your life easier. Tune into Caught Between Generations, Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. your health where you think it should be if you're like most people the answer is probably not where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track the answers start on occupy health each week host dr susan downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider you'll want to plan for your optimal health with occupy health listen fridays at 11 a.m pacific time 2 p.m eastern time on voice america health and wellness A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone. We are speaking with author Catherine Townsend Lyon, who is the author of the book Addicted to Dimes, Confessions of a Liar and a Cheat. Uh, just, to, just to go back again, um, and remember I was telling you that we have international listenership. Every week we, I get the stats from who was listening, mm-hmm. and... Um, Last week, we had United States, Japan, Germany, China, Canada, Ukraine, United Kingdom, Russia, Netherlands, India, and jokingly, I said somebody from Zimbabwe is probably listening. And they were. (laughs) They were. (laughs) So if you're out there, Zimbabwe, if you're out there, Zimbabwe, thanks for listening. Catherine, back to um, the gambling aspect of addiction. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that you can get everything and anything like I had to do when I was newly, when I was newly clean in 1989, there wasn't a whole abundance of narcotics anonymous programs. So I had to go to, um, 
AA meetings or whatever kind of meeting I went to and substitute different words for what my understanding was. So you could ultimately go to an AA meeting or, or whatever and do that same substitution because what you're doing is you're hearing the feelings of people that are feeling the same thing. They're torn and tattered and broken from a substance or from emotion where, where you were actually participating in the same thing, correct? That is correct, and yes, and um, I, um, you know, the internet and, of course, computers and technology has, I feel, changed the face of recovery and, and, and being able to get treatment and support um, for addiction, um, and it's for all addictions. Um, I suffer agoraphobia as one of my mental health issues, so sometimes I don't get out of the house for two, three weeks at a time. So my meetings I do um, is uh, several really good places, and I do have them listed on my recovery blog resource page, but, um, you know, uh, gamblersanonymous.org, uh, they do offer online um, meetings now. Um, there's a lot of places do. A lot of, yeah. I'm going to throw a dirty... Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. I'm going to throw a plug out there for these two gentlemen that I know, RT and oh. Kenny. They own um, intherooms.com, mm. and, there are, and there are immense number of meetings. I want to say it's oh, every yeah, single I'm, hour. I'm, There's G-A-S-A, E-I-E-I-O-A. Yeah, check that out, intherooms.com. Yeah, I'm a member. They've been telling me to send my book to them. <laughs> um, oh, nice. Or, they're a really well, good do organization. It, do it. They, they, they have a lot yeah, of, they lot are a of couple, different... Yeah, they have a couple nice guys. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah, they, really they, they were the ones that actually had me, kind of led me into, and then I started seeing it and hearing it more for myself, is you were talking about with, you know, the drugs and, and that. What I was seeing more and more lately is when I was still out gambling before I went into treatment, we're finding people getting addicted to, you know, uh, more than one uh, addiction now. The drug right. people were coming into the gambling places to try to make money, fast money, to go out and get more drugs. Oh, and before you know it, they be. got addicted. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. so um, we were hearing more and more people with either alcohol and, and gambling or drugs and gambling or all three. And it's it's happening more and more now, and we are hearing it in the rooms now, in in meetings, and I see it on online all the time. And the the one thing that strikes me is that when they speak and and share their stories, um, they say that gambling addiction. Like one lady said, she was in recovery from alcohol for like twenty some some years, but the gambling addiction was the hardest thing she ever had to do as far huh. as recovery. And so it, it you know, and I guess maybe that I guess maybe that makes sense because like alcohol and drugs, there's all that physicalness with it. You know what I mean? You have to physically go get it, you have to physically ingest it with well, and with such gambling. There's a stigma associated with with being oh. high. Yes. Whereas with and gambling, you don't appearance. see the, you know, the person doesn't appear to be high. True. Right. You're right. That's exactly right. Um that outer appearance, you know, the only time I can say is when I did relapse when I first started treatment 
and um, started receiving, you know, that that information and, and the education and the tools and everything you're learning in your meetings and in treatment starts to sink in. And then when I went out, oh, talk about feeling uncomfortable, and I could pick out every single person who was a compulsive or problem gambler. And that is so mm-hmm. uncomfortable, you know, and I thought, no, no, and, you know, back into treatment I went, you know. Right, right, no, absolutely. Yeah, and, and watch other bless you for recognizing it, too, because a lot of people don't recognize, I'm sure, or just go back out, and then, you mm-hmm. know, you're right back where you were, or worse. Well, one of the things that bothers me right now is, like, that predatory feel of what, what gambling has turned into, and that's, like, the profit profits that they're making, like the state lotteries. Um, There's a very good organization. If you want to know how gambling addiction is impacting your communities um, in each state or abroad, um, stoppredatorygambling.org. Les Burnell and his team, they do a fantastic job at keeping everybody up to date on what's going on with, um, you know, different types of gambling offerings and you know they're they're they do prey on certain people like you know right now there's like just problem gamblers alone there's about 16 plus million in the United States half that number now is our our high school and college age kids half wow no, that, I know, guess that makes sense that they're they're a high school and college kids. Well, they that, don't uh, let them into the casino. Yeah, no, well, no, but still, it's charity. it's all all online betting yeah, now. Yeah, already, yeah. you know, any anything that, uh, you know, I I can totally understand that it's a younger generational problem because alcohol and drugs is as well. And why wouldn't any other disease True. of you get, of addiction you get sucked in before yeah. you have money? You know, yeah. before you understand right. how hard it is to have money. And so let me ask you back. To your book. How mm-hmm. long did it take you to write it, and what motivated you to do it? Um, it took me almost a year, and it was actually part of my healing, and it wasn't written as a book. Um, I actually had quickly uh, try. I actually read an article um, because gambling is still, um, as Ellen said, there's that big stigma still around it. It's it's still not. It's still not accepted as, as a real addiction. And um, so it's hush-hush. They don't write about it in the paper. They don't, um, you, know, uh, you know, it's not exposed. Anyways, I was shocked one morning. I got up and I happened to read an article in our, in our newspaper about the casino that I used to go to about 40 miles north. A lady shot herself. She was staying at the casino um, resort. She was a uh, compulsive gambler. She had lied and told, I guess, her family she was at a conference, and she shot herself, and they actually wrote an article. And when I read that article, tears came down my eyes because I knew how she felt when she pulled that trigger. That yeah, I guess, I guess that's, yep. yeah, that, that that's when it hits home. Me, and um, I told my husband, I called him and said, bring me home some spiral notebooks. And I had to see on paper, in between the lines, what gambling addiction had taken from me at that point. I was about right. three and a half years in um, my, my, uh, in uh, abstinence uh, at Betfree, and uh, six and a half book, six and a half notebooks later, 
and then the book came about was all God intervention, seriously. Um, mm-hmm. A friend of mine took it and needed an exam because she worked for our newspaper, and she put it in a book manuscript. She faxed the first 75 pages to an author, a publisher friend of hers, and he called me, and it got published. He said it has nice. to be out there. It's going to help people. And um, that's why it's a kind of <laughs> raw, um, it was very well edited, but unpolished. We left it that way because it's very difficult to write um, and explain and give in-depth, an in-depth look at the ugly side of what gambling does to a person, the family, right. the relationships, what happens to you as the addict. And um, I was afraid that, you know, people were going to, I wanted to give the family dynamic, you know, what I had been through and how it affected and, and it was some of the roots to why I turned to addiction in the first place. Um, just let people have an insight on why it happens. And mm. I'm, oh, I was a person that, uh, you know, not everything I believed from the 12-step model, like they say, you know, you can recover without knowing the reasons why. Well, I had to know why. I wanted to know. And it was part, it, because I needed to learn and process it in a, in a healthy way so that mm-hmm. I can get over that and not carry it with me. And, and take that risk of me relapsing later on. And, 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 and it was very, very healing for me. Um, it helped me come to terms with, you know, when we recover and we start changing our habits and behaviors and we start to make that amends, not everybody accepts those amends. So no, my, no, absolutely, absolutely not. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, to- I totally get that. There's people out there that still um, hold grudges 28, 35 years later. I mean, I wronged them 35 years ago. I tried to write it, and ultimately, one, either they didn't accept it or, you know, sadly... Um, they're not they're not around to be, to be able to. But you know, I, I needed to come to amends with myself for my actions, right. not with oh, the individual. Yeah, I always who, heard that amends are yeah. for me, not, not well, necessarily. Yeah, I mean, well, you make yeah, them, I mean, you it's know. not you, you don't do it in a selfish way. Hey, no, but, <laughs> but but yeah, my amends. Are, yeah, sincerity sincerity is really probably only for you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, well, and you know, I disclosed a lot of, you know, well, the one really you know bad thing as far as from my family dynamic and you know my brother is still hurt from that today and like I told him when my book came out you know I hadn't heard from my two sisters or my father for like six seven years and then the book comes out and my little sister of course was not very nice and I just said you know what I said it's not about them it's about me and what happened and how it affected me and so if you're going to be you know, that mm, egotistical, I guess, and think it's all about you and don't, mm-hmm. you know, because I was raised, I'm, I'm going to be 55 in November. I was raised at a time that you don't, you don't bring shame to the family and you don't talk about what goes on behind closed doors, you right, know, right. and, but sorry, people need yeah. to learn that. <laughs> and and, and that on that part, note, yeah. we are getting drastically close to the end of the show. <laughs> So ultimately, I wanted to say one more time that we are talking with Catherine Townsend Lyon. Uh, the name of her book is Addicted to Dimes, Confessions of a Liar and a Cheat. You can get it on Walmart.com, uh, Amazon.com, correct? 
Uh-huh. And how about bookstores? Is it is it in any of the bookstores where somebody can just um, walk right in and now, grab it I off the shelf? It's just some bookstores in Oregon. Some so bookstores in Oregon. Probably the best is either okay. Barnes and Noble and Amazon. All right, awesome. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for being part of our show. And I need to say good night because the show ran out too quick. Well, so, I enjoyed myself, and I'm glad. I hope I helped somebody tonight. I'm sure. I'm sure you I'm absolutely sure you did. did because you helped you. So with that, I will say good night to our audience. Good night, Ellen. Good night. And with miracles in recovery, hope, hope is, is in, in your, your corner. corner. Have a good night, folks. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.